Hello. Thank you for joining us. This is Ken Hines again with another online lesson. This week we're going to study the Tower of Babel in Genesis chapter 11. I'm glad that you're with us. As I said last week, we are going to have a variety of teachers and a variety of approaches, and we'll work out what seems to be the best approach and most effective and what best meets your needs. So let us hear from you. Uh, let us hear so that we might, uh, we might find what, uh, what works best for you. How long, how much in depth, uh, what kind of approach, how many teachers, which teachers are all kinds of things that we're still uh, trying to establish at this point. So want to talk today about what happens with your family. If uh, you have, perhaps have a tower building contest, so maybe you uh, divide your family up into teams or each person takes a turn, uh, you get the blocks or the Legos with the goal of building the biggest and the best tower. So if you do that, I want to ask, what's going to happen to that tower? What happens to the tower in the end? I, I think you already know the answer to that, but uh, if you don't know, feel free to put this lesson on pause and go work on tower for yourself. Uh, you'll experiment and uh, you'll look at it and you think, well, it could use just one more block here. Or um, maybe I can make it a little bit higher if I do it this way. And what happens is the tower falls down. One way or another, it falls down. In the same way, if you go to the beach and you build a sandcastle, you want to build the biggest and the best sandcastle it eventually gets washed away. I remember when I was a child one day in my sandbox, uh, a friend came over and we started building a uh, sand tower and we decided, hey, we're gonna build a tall sand tower. And uh, that was working. And then we're gonna build the biggest tower ever. And uh, then we're gonna build a tower so big that our parents are gonna be impressed. And uh, they're going to be so impressed that they're going to be watching. And then the whole neighborhood is going to be watching. And um, the TV station is going to send their van out. And they're going to take pictures of this great unprecedented tower. And um, we have trouble with uh, the sand uh, cooperating. And I remember using a pail there uh, to uh, get some greater height and uh, keep from using up all the sand in my box and uh, built around the pail and, and another pail on top of that. And it got to be pretty high for a sand tower, uh, but my parents never came out and watched. And certainly the TV station did not send out a van and I did not become famous. Um, that's the way it is with our human endeavors, whether we're talking about a sandcastle, whether we're talking about a goal to be the most popular kid in school, 
to become the richest person in town, to build the biggest business ever. Whenever we build those towers, they end the same way, just like the tower of blocks that you build in your family contest. Psalm 127 verse 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. Now, you know that, and I know that, but unfortunately, people in Genesis chapter 11 did not yet know that, and this is a painful experience, uh, a lesson that uh, I hope will be reinforced to us today, um, but one that they had to learn the hard way. Now, after the ark, which we studied last week, God gave a command in Genesis chapter 9, verse 7. As for you, be fruitful and increase in number. Multiply on the earth and increase upon it. So in other words, be fruitful, spread out, cover the earth. Um, and so it's not bad to have an ambition. It's not bad to want to grow to see more good things come into your life and in the lives of your family, uh, that's not good. That's a God-given impulse. But as with all of God's laws, that can be taken advantage of. That can be stretched out of its context, just like food is a good thing. It's a gift from God. But if you don't eat food in the way that he intends, it can end up harming your health or even killing you. And, and so this command to be fruitful, to increase, um, to spread out, uh, that was God's command, but uh, it wasn't fully understood or, or was not fully obeyed by the people of that time. In Genesis chapter 11, we come to our text, verse 1. Now the whole world had one language and a common speech. As people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Okay, so... They were being fruitful, and they were increasing in number, and their technology advanced uh, along with their wealth. Instead of just making buildings out of stone, uh, they were able to figure out a way to build bigger and more impressive buildings by using brick instead. So that technological advance uh, enabled them to uh, move ahead. Um, and... They said, verse 4, then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So archaeologists have found cities from this region in present-day Iraq, uh, present-day Iran. 
and the the cities do have a tower in them. The tower is called a ziggurat, and they were built for a religious purpose to ascend to the heavens, to put a small shrine on the top. Uh, they were a symbol of religious pride. We know what God thinks of our religious pride. He did not make us to be a proud people, to be uh, proud of our achievements. Uh, he made us to be a dependent people, dependent upon him and grateful to him for our blessings and to, um, to be fruitful and blessed uh, because of him and, and to realize where our blessings come from. Instead of thinking that I am a, quote, self-made man, to be grateful to the one who has made it possible. So God saw their religious pride. He saw what they were doing. And in verse 5, our text reads, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. So they were so proud of this. Um, there were cities in the region. There were each, each one had a ziggurat, a tower. Uh, this tower had uh, perhaps, excuse me, the city had perhaps the biggest tower. And uh, the people were the most proud. It was the biggest achievement. And the Lord had to come down to see the tower. Uh, that's how much they had achieved. Uh, that even come close to reaching the basement of heaven in all of their impressive technology and growth and self-achievements. The Lord came down to see the city and the tower that people were building. The Lord said, if as once people speaking the same language, they begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for, impossible for them. Now, I think he's being a little sarcastic here. Um, I've heard motivational speakers uh, use this verse uh, and take it out of its context um, because it turned out it wasn't possible for them. So we have to look at the whole context. Um, nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. At least that's the way they looked at it. And then God said in verse 7, uh, which is actually a funny verse, he says, come. He's using the same exact idiom that the people use themselves. In verse 3, they said, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. In verse 4, they said, come, let us build for ourselves a city with a power that reaches of heaven. Uh, you know, come on, let's do this together. Uh, they, they were using an idiom there, come. And, and then uh, God has a sense of humor. Yeah, he uses their exact same language. He said, come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why it is called Babel. Babel is a Hebrew word for confusion. That's why it's called confusion. Because there, the Lord confused the language of the whole world, 
From there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Confusion. Wow, isn't that an appropriate name for our world today? Uh, we lived in such a confused, mixed up world, a world with so much potential, uh, a world with so many blessings, with so much going for us, but we just can't get together. It seems like they're, they're just, even among those of us who speak the same language, you, know, you can look at our politics, you know, we all speak English, but uh, we're not really speaking the same language, and there's not a willingness to even listen to the other side. Um, and it doesn't lead to greater achievements, all this emphasis on power and wealth and building something up doesn't lead to greater achievements and greater unity. It just leads to disillusionment. It just leads to division. It just leads to confusion. If your family wants to get a better grip on that, uh, perhaps uh, you might uh, sit down together and watch a TV show in another language. Uh, maybe a um, soccer game in Spanish. I see those from time to time. Or if some of you speak Spanish, you might uh, choose another language. From time to time, OPB has opera in Russian or Italian. And um, I don't understand that at all, because uh, that's uh, two kinds of confusion for me. I don't understand Russian, and I don't understand opera. And so um, that uh, a few minutes of that might uh, lead to an interesting discussion there about uh, what the world is like and uh, how everyone doesn't speak the same language that uh, we do. And, and perhaps even we'll plant a seed for your children to learn another language. Uh, that could be such a blessing for them. Uh, there's a saying that um, one who speaks three languages is trilingual, one who speaks two languages is bilingual, and one who speaks one language is American. Well, um, Hopefully, we can move beyond that sort of pride and um, become a people with um, that reaches out and builds more bridges and seeks to understand other people in the world and other ways of looking at things, other ways of doing things. It can be such a blessing. So, people from Babel, uh, they thought they were going to really make a an achievement they they thought they were going to become famous like me in the sandbox that day uh, they thought they were going to be on babylonian tv uh, but it, they were just uh, scattered and, um, and and totally crushed and uh, defeated and no one just heard of them first peter 5 5 says God opposes excuse me God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble that's a verse about the Tower of Babel in a nutshell in one line that's that's the whole story 
God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. I don't know about you, but I do not need the opposition of God. Uh, I've got enough uh, problems on on my own. Uh, I've got enough difficulties, enough struggles. Uh, I don't need God to be against me, uh, God to teach me a lesson. I do not want, and I do not need the opposition of God. Uh, I want God's favor. I want God's help. I want God's blessing, and I need it. Well, if I want it, and if I need it, then the way I will get it is to humbly ask, because God shows favor to the humble. You know, those people in uh, Babel, they were humbled. Um, they were defeated. But uh, that's not the end of the story. That's not the last word in the story of the human race. We read in the next chapter in the book of Genesis, in Genesis chapter 12, that God calls a man named Abram. And you know the, the story there. God called him and said, leave your father's house, your father's city, leave your life behind and go to a land I will show you. And I'll make you a father of many nations and uh, all those things. Talking about the future, I'll make your name great. And Abraham's name certainly is great uh, because he was a humble man that trusted in God to make him great. He didn't make himself great. He trusted in God to make him great. But one of the, uh, something that jumped out to me not too long ago was in verse 2. Uh, God told Abram, before he was Abraham, there in the days not too long after the Tower of Babel, you will be a blessing. In this confused world where people can't talk to each other, aren't willing to listen to each other, what good news does God offer? He offers a person who will be a blessing to them, and that's your calling. And that's my calling, because we live in a land of confusion. We live in a land of uh, pride that has been cast down and defeated, and people aren't willing to admit it. And what do they need? They need someone who will be a neighbor to them. Uh, someone will be part of a community for them. Uh, someone that will be salt and light. They need someone who will be a blessing. That's our calling, because we live in a confused world. We live in Babel today. And uh, God has not pulled the plug on the human enterprise. Uh, he, still, uh, he still has plans for us, and he still opposes the proud. But he still shows favor to the humble. And uh, there are people who need God's favor. And uh, we can be part of that story. That's our calling to be a blessing to those around. So you might talk about that with your family. How might we be a blessing to our neighborhood? Um, how might we be a blessing to our community? This, uh, this world that lives in confusion, this world that is Babel. And um, that's in the Old Testament. In the New Testament, do you also know 
how the story ends. In Acts chapter 2, after Jesus rose from the dead, the Holy Spirit came. And on the day of Pentecost, there were people from many, many language groups. Um, there were people who spoke Greek. There were people who spoke Hebrew, people from Crete, Cappadocia, uh, all over the world. There were people there. They spoke all these different languages. It was Babel all over again. And then with the coming of the Holy Spirit, out of many languages, there was one. Out of confusion, there was a sense of unity in Jesus Christ. Out of Babel came a united purpose. That was God's blessing. Yes, he had opposed the proud, but because of his grace and his mercy, he showed favor to the humble. I hope you receive that favor. I hope I receive that favor. So Tower of Babel is uh, really an interesting story. It's not just a kid's story. It's a lesson for all of us, how God is at work. He comes down to our world. He sees what's going on. He sees our pride. He sees our uh, bragging about our accomplishments. And uh, he'll, he'll scatter those efforts. That tower will fall. But in the end, what he really wants is to show favor to the humble. Well, that's our lesson for today. I hope that your home devotionals go well, or if uh, you're just listening to these, these lessons for your own benefit, hope this was a blessing to you. And we'll look forward to doing it again. May God bless you. Thank you.